Next on BYUSN, the Big 12 football schedule delivers an historic rundown for BYU football. Athletic Director Tom Homo joins us to talk about that process, and we describe the schedule in one word. And hey, it's football signing day, by the way. Kalani Stockton will join us to discuss the new signees and the return missionaries. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, February 1st. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan, a man who's ready to paint the Big 12 logos himself at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I'm just waiting for which Pantone we're using of, uh, of blue, because we know it's going to be a blue Big 12 logo. So uh, let's go. Okay, on today's show, huge show. Like, we, we say that sometimes. We actually mean it yeah. today. We react to the first Big 12 football schedule. Of course, there was a special yesterday at uh, noon, in case you missed it. But uh, we'll react today as well. Tom Homo and Kalani Sataki are on the show. You know it's big time. We're both wearing college shirts. Let's go. <laughs> Plus all the info and news about the football signees with return missionaries coming back as well, most of which are here for the spring. We'll give you the breakdown. But first, here are today's headlines. The Big 12 football schedule has been public for about 22 hours hey. now. BYU will face 10 Power 5 teams in a season for the first time ever. Yes. Nine conference games. They'll face eight teams which qualified for bowl games last season. BYU opening Big 12 play at Kansas. Have a Friday night home opener on September 29th against Cincinnati and are the only incoming Big 12 team to play both Texas and Oklahoma in 2023. A, you have to win a national championship to have gotten that. Much more in just a few minutes. Maybe one of those. Uh, oh, UC, I forgot UCF won a uh, mythical national title. Senior Bowl practice continues today. Jaron Hall had some nice throws. Individual blocking drills yielded some positive comments about Blake Freeland. And this man, Puka Nakua, shined, according to Pro Football Network's Cam Meller, who wrote, Nakua looked effortless and smooth in his routes during one-on-one -on -one drills arguably the most important for wide receivers and defensive backs in the early going. After day one, Nakua isn't only rising up draft boards, he's catapulted his draft stock through the roof. Wow. So have we guaranteed three BYU draft picks this year? Interesting. Today marks February signing day for BYU football, the late signing day, if you will, in the world of college football these days. Running back LJ Martin out of El Paso, Texas, defensive lineman David Latu, a Bingham High School product out of Utah, have been announced so far this morning. More on what these signees bring to BYU football coming up with the head football coach Kalani Satake in studio. Martin is a top 300 guy, like big time pickup. Golfer Zach Jones won his first collegiate tournament with the 600, uh, 600, 1600 finish at the Arizona Intercollegiate. He'd never finished in the top 10 before. Tremendous showing. Cougars finished in fourth place. Former BYU basketball forward Yoli Childs had 26 points, grabbed 10 rebounds for the Hamburg Towers today against Prometheus Patra Patras. Good movie. In a Euro Cup showdown. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Big 12 bound are we. The schedule makes it feel a little more real, does it not? Having those nine conference games in place released officially by the Big 12. As always, what's trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Jerem, now that we have uh, almost had a full day to ingest and 
speculate on what it's going to mean and all of these games and, and how it shapes out for BYU, in a word, how would you sum up the inaugural Big 12 schedule for BYU? Exciting, man. Uh, we love a schedule more than we love the games around here. Remember? We, we love a good schedule. Is that still the case now that BYU's back in a conference? It certainly yes. wasn't independence. Yes, yes. Yesterday was celebrated like it was a big win, um, <laughs> which it should be. This is exciting. It's a new era. I, I mostly kid, but this is a very exciting era. A few thoughts. Um, you know, I wasn't on the show yesterday. Now that I actually have a voice, I'm back on the show. Um, the Cincinnati game on a Friday, like, did, did BYU get to request, hey, we want a Friday game so we don't bump up against conference? Because in the Big 12, I would imagine you just have to do what you have to do. We'll talk to Tom Homo. Playing both Oklahoma and Texas, mm. just ensuring that you get both of them should they leave after one year, which sounds like maybe that's the case. We don't know that yet. Right now it's, it's two years, is awesome. Also, um, you know, four home, five road. Yep, okay, next year. Uh, BYU is scheduled to play two on the road next year um, in non-con. So still that six home, six road thing. I would like to be ready to get to that seven home thing. We'll talk to Tom coming up. Um, senior day being Oklahoma, just incredible, right? The longest road swing, like the balance of this is great. Sure. The longest road swing is two games at Texas and West Virginia. The longest home stand is two games, Iowa State and Oklahoma. We're not going to see what we've seen a couple of times where BYU just has to kill itself at the front end of the schedule. Now BYU has some balance. BYU's got a bye week at almost the perfect spot. My hope was like right in the middle after game six. It's after game five. Like, and, and it's three non-con the first two weeks, cer certainly tune-ups. So you can play a tough at Arkansas game. You can play two league games, take a breath, and then get ready for the next seven. Like I, I love how that shook out, whether that BYU had any say in that, which is probably not. I'm assuming the Big 12 is like, this is when your bye week is. It, it is what it is. I, I love that BYU is the only expansion team to play Oklahoma and Texas. That's just kind of a fun nugget. Um, and I love that BYU is going to get to play, continue to play an ambitious schedule, obviously, that goes all over the country. Arkansas, Kansas, Texas twice, West Virginia, Oklahoma. You almost feel bad for the West homies who have enjoyed BYU on the West Coast at some point. There's not a single game in uh, the Pacific time zone anymore. Welcome to central time zone era of BYU football. Um, but it's, it's exciting, man. Like, this was a day we've waited for. We've joked about what's taking so long. We finally have it. We can kind of settle in. Also, I feel like it's manageable enough in terms of the competition to, to be able to do pretty well um, in year one. And, and you don't play a couple of teams in Baylor, Kansas State, UCF, Houston. Like, those are all, those are all tough uh, road trips and or games. So I think competitively it's good as well. Define pretty well in wins and losses. Like, yes, BYU's going to make a bowl game. Like, they okay. can compete for eight. Um, yeah, somewhere in that six to eight range in year one. Obviously, anything sub six any year is a failure. But if you can sort of be reborn from that, great. But I think BYU has too much talent on this team to not expect at least six, if not kind of eight. And what if BYU goes crazy and they're way more ready than we think? And Jay Hill has this amazing situation on defense to where they push for more who knows yeah i set the over under at seven and a half and the schedule got released and i'm staying with seven and a half yeah i think that's fair byu in a word with this big 12 schedule has opportunity just great opportunity to host these teams to make a statement that they belong in a power five conference we're all kind of wondering how much these tougher independent schedules really prepared byu for the 10 power five scenario. 
We think that BYU has an advantage over the likes of TCU and Utah, who had to make the direct jump from Group of Five right to Power Five. Now, because there has been this intermediary ground, it's like, okay, maybe BYU is a little bit more ready, and how will that manifest itself once BYU finally gets there? We're going to find out, finally, with 10 Power Five games. I'm staying with seven and a half wins as the over-under. Opportunity is the word I chose. This is an A schedule if we are grading it. The only thing that would have made it an A-plus for me, and I am being super nitpicky here, is if BYU could have had the bye week maybe after TCU, so it's six games, bye week, and then six games, because they got to go on this really tough stretch from October 14th to November 4th, which includes three road games in four weeks at TCU, at Texas, at West Virginia, and then you got Texas Tech in the middle of that four-game stretch. That's it. That's the only thing I would have changed is maybe give BYU one more game before the bye week instead of making them have that really tough four-game stretch. And I would have liked to see Baylor on the schedule somewhere. I just think that that is a rivalry waiting to happen. There's already the elements that have been built up there. So I know probably why Baylor's not on the schedule, because BYU played them in each of the last two seasons, so it makes sense for the conference to be like, eh, we'll give them a break this year. Let's kind of work things out in a different way. And that's fine. So those are the only two nitpicky things I have about the schedules. Maybe a week later for the bye, break up that tough four-game stretch, and, and, and give me Baylor. But all in all, great opportunity for BYU to go out and prove that, yes, the independence worked not only in getting BYU to the Big 12, but in preparing them to make the transition from a group of five team to a power five team that much better. We can always pick nets, right? We love that. Um, but, yes, BYU will be more prepared. How will we know? They need to have better records than TCU and Utah did the first three years. No losing that's, records. That's the only way to ensure that you do it. Like, you aren't what you say. You're, you are what you do, right? Uh, and BYU needs to go out and do it. But um, And I'm cool not playing Baylor because we played them the last two years because maybe that ensured you played Oklahoma and Texas. Like, if that was the cost, easy, 100% right? 100% I would take you yeah. take that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. No, this, this is going to be fun. This is going to be so fun. Though I don't call it an A myself. I haven't thought about the grade I'd give it. If Arkansas was like a bigger game, that, that one P5 non-conference, perhaps that would elevate this in my mind. But I don't need elevation in this first year. What I need is BYU to make a bowl game and compete and look like it belongs. You bring up an interesting point there. BYU sort of, does BYU have to prove it sort of belongs in a P5 these first couple years? Because I'm feeling like, no, BYU's in. Like, what? Interesting. Do you, do you have to prove it? You're already in. But I see your point of, okay, you can't just be in the dregs of the league initially, and then it's like, well, why did we invite you? No, BYU belongs. They've been Power 5 for a long time. We're talking decades. And now BYU has an opportunity to, comp- to compete for a college football playoff spot should they pull off the TCU. Like, that would be amazing. Are, are we saying it's happening next year? Hey, that'd be incredible. Yes. Um, I, don't, I don't see it right now, but neither did anyone, including TCU, probably last year. I also love that BYU in November is going to be competing probably not for a conference championship in the first few years. Again, it's sports. There's no way you can plan for anything. Like, people maybe, pick, but... People picked TCU to finish last in yeah. the conference last know. year, and they went to the national championship. Crazy. You never know, but I do love that BYU will be positioning for bowl games that are better than anything that they have played in an independence. Yeah, and the we don't know what 12, it is. Yeah, the like, worst Big 12 exciting. bowl game is better than what BYU had in a bowl scenario yeah. in all of independence. Yeah. No, that'll Every be, win that'll be matters. Fun in November. Every be win fun. matters. 
Okay, it's signing day, football, so let's get to who BYU's added today, and we start with a really good one. Again, you mentioned it. Top 300 guy, running back L.J. Martin out of Woo! El Paso, Texas, 6'2", 205, Cano High School, four-star, 37th best running back in the country via 247. Senior year, 21, 37 yards, 23 touchdowns. Career numbers in uh, high school, nearly 6,000 yards rushing and 60 uh, touchdowns. Yeah. He originally committed to Texas Tech. Later, that was Stanford. That means when BYU beat Stanford in November, they didn't just win the game. They won <laughs> L.J. Martin as well as David Shaw resigned, right? Um, Big-time pickup for BYU. Going to compete for a lot of playing time initially, we think. BYU running backs coach Harvey Unga says Martin is an all-around back. L.J. Martin, uh, big, um, aggressive, Fast, um, super athletic running back. Um, excited to utilize him in the passing game. Um, has amazing hands and uh, definitely uh, an all-around back. Something that I'm looking for. Can't wait to get him over here. And LJ was not uh, joking around when he uh, was repping the Wyatt as announcement. This from uh, Colin Deaver TV. You see all the BYU swag and the flags and the balloons at his uh, announcement at his high school. Uh, my uncle, who lives in El Paso, happens to know LJ's family, says he's a great kid. He's been super excited about the possibility of LJ uh, going to BYU. And now he comes to the Cougars, another top 300 guy. So BYU got two in ESPN's top 300, joining Jackson Bowers, tight end out of Mesa. Jerem, 24-7 sports has LJ with over 3,000 total yards of offense in 2021. This all sounds amazing. And 35 total touchdowns. <laughs> I, he's, Aiden Robbins is RB1, but LJ comes in and he competes to me at RB2 wow. on, on paper. Maybe really? he's good enough for RB1. Maybe it's Jamal 2012 to Michael Elisa right there. Who knows? Really solid pickup. On the other side of the ball, it is David Latu, six feet, four inches. 295 pounds, a defensive lineman out of Bountiful, Utah. Snow College and Bingham High School product. This is a guy that is being brought in to what the coaches say, compete and contribute immediately. This late signing day, if you're a JUCO guy, yeah, they're bringing you in to play right now. All-state player at Bingham, a three-star out of high school. He is a return missionary. Here is Sione Puha, the new defensive line coach at BYU, on Latu, not just being a one-dimensional player. Super excited to welcome David Latu by way of Bountiful High School and Bingham Miners coming all the way from Ephraim Snow College. Uh, big body, he's a guy that's going to be able to stuff the run but also put pressure on the quarterback. We're super excited about him. He's big, strong, physical, but he's also light on his feet. He's agile. He adds a nice touch to our defensive front that will help us stop the run and disrupt the pass. Defensive line is such a mystery for this BYU team. We feel like they have gotten better, and it was a major point of emphasis yeah. because BYU did not get nearly enough pressure on the quarterbacks and create disruptive plays last year. David Latu is a guy they feel like can come in and immediately help in that regard. Yeah, I, th I think he was a preferred walk-on. This has changed to a scholarship. Um, and David's father passed away recently. Emotional scene from him mm. tweeting out from his father's grave that he's committing to BYU. So uh, really emotional scene for the for the family, excited to have him at BYU. It's going to be awesome. Okay, catch BYU basketball with Mark Pope on demand this week. Coach Greg Bell chatted with Dallin Hall. 
It was so good Saturday night against St. Mary's. It's on demand on BYUSN.com. Up next, BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo live in studio. What does he love about the inaugural Big 12 football schedule? He's going to tell us. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. We are live in Studio B on a fantastic Wednesday, February 1st. The February frenzy has begun. Go, it baby. includes football and basketball. Certainly, this is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We just showed you on screen the man who has captained and navigated BYU and the athletics department from independent status and a group of five now into a Power Five conference. He joins us live, Tom Holmo, the BYU Athletic Director. I feel like I should congratulate you now that the schedule has become official, you don't have to answer any more questions about when's the schedule going to come out, Tom? It's out. When's next year's schedule coming yeah, out? Yeah, that's Tom? right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like the look, by the way. You got like the Mr. Rogers sweater going. You got yeah. the blue pants, the, the sneaks are it's a big excellent. Day. It's a big day. I figured I'd get a little dressed up. Yeah, Let's go. It is yeah. a big day. Do you have some more time on your hands now that the schedule's out? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I knew the schedule long before you guys did. Of course. I knew a lot of the things that you guys are putting out there today. So I've already kind of passed that. Now I'm just anxious about the games. So I'll, It's, I'm it's have February. To, I mean, you guys are going to have to tell me about the schedule. Because all I know is that we got some big games. <laughs> and how much, did you, how much were you involved? Because it was all of you, pretty much, as an independent now that it's in a conference. Right. It's very, very little. Um, your, your input into the, with the ADs. You're in a room with ADs, and it's not like you're in a scheduling room. You're basically looking at parameters. So the Big 12 had Scott Draper, who's the VP over football right now, and they have some great veteran administrators you know, Bob Berta, Tim Weiser, that can help with the scheduling. And then they employ also some gurus. So I just had, I just knew from experience that they would put together a schedule with 14 teams. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And you have some parameters. So all I was able to say is, we got to make sure we get general conference weekend off. And they gave us a Friday night game with Cincinnati. So was that them just being nice or were they like, yes, we... We will honor that and in the future as much as we can. Like, how does that work? Yeah, we asked that question before we got invited into the league. It was that important for mm. us. Is that, to have that Saturday open? Yeah, and, and it basically there's a number of ways that you can do it. One is the new broadcast partners, they want non-Saturday non football games. And we raised our hand and said, we'll take them. You're no, still willing to play a yeah, Thursday or Friday? I, I think it's a little bit of a tradition with BYU. Mm -hmm that Friday night games or Thursday night games, you're the only team on TV. How long have we been doing that? Yeah. We've been doing that for a long, long time. time. 30 plus years. And I think it's, a, I think it's a, something that our fans are used to. I'll get some letters and um, evil uh, voicemails about how I'm driving from Southern California to the game and I can't get home on time um, on Friday night or Thursday night. But I think it's part of our tradition. The other part about it is you could have a buy or, um, or you could, you know, those are the two, those are the things that we yep. ask for. Every team asks for something special that, and they might not get it, but that's why it's so 
critically important that they wait until they get it right. And I, I think that with every time someone asks me, when's it coming? I always knew, look, it's going to come out, it's going to be right. And I think they did a great job. Yeah. So other than it just being right and BYU getting that Friday night game, what's your favorite part about the entirety of the first Big 12 schedule? You know, just looking at it and seeing <laughs> where's the breather. <laughs> you know, there's no more breathers. And, uh, you know, I say that in jest because we've, we've dissected these schedules for how long now? A long yeah. time. And even when we were in the Mountain West Conference, those non-conference games and where we played them and when and who, those were all factors. And now you look at those games and, like, I don't have anything to do with those, those nine games we're playing. Um, they're they're going to be on a rotation. The one thing that everybody is, understands is that Texas and Oklahoma, whether it's next year they'll be out or the year after they'll be out, there's going to have to be a new kind of schedule parameters because you take them out of it. There's some interesting things about Bedlam. You know, you got yep. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and that's going to change. And there's Texas, Oklahoma. That was so much a part of the Big 12 schedule that's gone. There's a lot of factors that Cougar fans probably wouldn't see the nuance of it in a schedule. But as I listen in that room, like I'm like a kid now. I'm a new learner. I have to learn a whole new set of uh, traditions and um, great inspirational things that people feel from their own school. And it's cool to listen to Kansas and Kansas State and UCF and all the schools, West Virginia, what's important to them in the schedule. And it's not like who they play when, but just these, I can't even begin to tell you how many little intricacies there are. Um, regarding some of those parameters, was, was one of them that you'd never play more than two home or two road in a row? Is that a thing? Because I, I like that. You're never going to be overloaded either way. They always will try to do that. And in some, like in the, in the WCC, I think everybody tries to do that, but sometimes they'll come back and go, hey, we had to do this, but we'll rotate it next year so you won't have to do it two years in a row. So, so it might happen in the future. It could happen in the future, gotcha. yes. Yeah. Does BYU in the Big 12 Conference feel more real in any way now that the schedule is out and like things are starting to happen at a really quick pace? Well, I think it was real when we signed our name on the dotted line <laughs> a year and a half ago, and we've been preparing for this moment for a year and a half. But this, this is a kind of an integral part of what a season is. Everybody waits for the NFL schedule to see what those Monday night games are going to be. Just like everybody wants to see the college schedule. But like I'm, I'm literally... I love the show that we're doing today, but I'm thinking about the games now yeah. and those matchups. And you start thinking about not just the team, but how is our defensive left tackle going to do against their left, their right guard? That's what I'm thinking about. Because that's, <laughs> that's players, the coach in you too, players right? Players make plays. Yeah. And, and it, go, it starts macro, and then it goes micro. And when it comes time for fall, that's what Cougar Nation is going to be thinking about, those matchups, and I'm already there. Okay, obviously you have strived to make the best schedules you possibly could. There were some really interesting November games right here and there, but, <laughs> but to have November with at West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma at, at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma on senior day, four P5s there. What, what does that sort of look like to you, given how hard it was to get those meaningful games in Independence in November? 
I, I think it's kind of the details of the overall um, conference affiliation. Uh, we've been talking about this for years. You've been tearing up my independent <laughs> schedules for 11 years, and now you like a schedule. That's hard hey, to believe. If I knew it was ramping up to this, I never would have said it, probably. <laughs> no, but I, I think that um, that November, you, you go into mm -hmm. there, and it, it's just what a, what a P5 schedule looks like. Yeah. I mean, everyone around the country right now, the ACC announced their schedule yesterday. I took a little glimpse at it. It's pretty similar. And everybody has tough games and you try, to, uh, you try to look at blocks. That's one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm looking at blocks of games and trying to figure rest and strength and how you could kind of, like you're probably, you guys are thinking, is this a win or a loss? It's probably too early to tell. But you, you know, some people are going, we're going to win it all. We're undefeated. Some people, I saw somebody that uh, tweeted at me, well, I see two wins, the first two <laughs> non-conference games. And I'm thinking, oh, it could be that way. But, and, and that's, but that's sports, right? And I love the coach in you comes out a lot, which is great. And, and the competitor of, well, TCU was underestimated last year. There can be an overestimation. There can be an underestimation. But the point is, BYU has waited for this moment to have this challenge and opportunity. And now... As we've talked about, the ramp-up of independence, we feel, has prepared BYU for this more than if you had jumped from G5 to P5. Do you feel that same oh, way? I don't, I don't think there's any question. I mean, it's been decades in the making. I think it's like the dream of Cougars from Lavelle's day till now. It's real. I think people feel it palpably on schedule release day. I didn't really anticipate that the schedule release was that big of a deal because every year there's a schedule and you're going to play the games. you got to play them. Yeah. But I get it. I, I get how it makes it a little bit more real. We almost love a schedule more than the games, it feels like. Like, the idea of the schedule is very exciting. People. Yeah. I guess for me, like, like these 11 years, I, I get tired of the schedule because I do it 365. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, someone else does it for me? <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, I got that. <laughs> How hard is it to cancel a lot of these games, by the way? Because you wrote into the contracts, right? If we yeah. get into a P5 league, we're... I, I mean, I, I, I have to go, give kudos to Dave Brown. I, uh, everyone on the show knows yeah. that we couldn't have done independence without his help. Dave, obviously the guru of scheduling, and he, gave, he, he knew who was available and who wasn't and when you could play and why you could play and how you could get a game down the road. And if you do this, they'll give you that. That was miraculous. And, you know, I, I just think that, oh, man, that just all of that in the making, it seemed like a dream. Athletic director. Sometimes it was a nightmare. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, again, the, the athletic director has put up with all of that. Tom Homo is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We do want to ask you one more question about scheduling, not as it pertains to football, but the first sports that are actually going to play Big 12 games, women's volleyball and, and women's soccer. These are done, right? They just haven't been released? Yeah, I think that they have been, been working on them for the same period of time. It's a different group. But I think you have to understand that when you're looking at a football schedule now, a football game in any one of these cities now or towns overtakes the town, overtakes the city, yeah. the hotel, and everything. And it's not like a West Coast conference where f soccer and volleyball don't have to put up with football. So now that soccer and football schedule or soccer and volleyball has to be predicated on football because you can't, 
I'm not going to say you can't. You don't really want to be in town when you're having a home football game. Interesting. And so that's why those are waiting just to make sure that all those little nuances of the football, now they have to go through with a fine-tooth comb with um, volleyball and soccer and make sure that there are not too many conflicts with the big with the big boys. As the guys that call those games, we are excited about that. Very excited. <laughs> yeah. And we're excited that you might have a few more vacation days now that you don't have to do scheduling anymore, Tom. Uh, I, I, I don't think I can take a vacation. <laughs> I, I just think now, uh, we, got, we got invited into this conference about a year and a half ago. And for a year and a half, we've been going pretty full speed. For sure. There's a big ramp up. There's a lot of work to be done. A lot of work's been done. But I, I think that we have some momentum in preparation and a lot of that momentum comes from the teams and you look at like all these things like signing day that's a big part of what we do without the players in all these sports we're not we never would have got here i love looking back and just looking at the names of the players and the coaches and the years of the teams that made this possible it wasn't the last 11, 11 last 11 years of independence was an interesting chapter in the book but this book started a long mm. time ago, and that's why I think everybody has this excitement because so many people contributed to where we are right now. And we're going to need more people contributing, invested fully to make it work because we we're here now, but what's the sense of getting there if you don't do anything about it? And I, I'm looking forward to the first game will be soccer. That will be the yeah. first game. And when that happens... That then's when I'm gonna say, okay, <laughs> it's, it's it's here, it's here, it's real. And that big club logo's on the pitch. Let's love go. it, Tom. Thanks for the time. We know how busy you are, uh, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. Super. Let's Congratulations. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, if you missed any of our BYU TV sports uh, interviews, shows, games, BYUSIN.com has all this content on demand. All the Spencer Linton you could ever want. Oh boy, still on the way. Several returned missionaries are back with BYU football. In a lot of cases, have rejoined the team and are ready to help out this fall. We'll dissect those guys. A whole segment of "Oh yeah, that guy" coming oh, up yeah. next. They're called to on serve. BYU Sports Somewhere Nation. Else, yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and follow Spencer on Be Real. <laughs> working on that. Are you that. on Be Real? No, I'm not. I'm on Be Real. I'm, I'm working on it. He is Jeremiah of Spencer. Let's be real once again here and whip it. A special look in this whip around at the BYU 2023 returned missionaries. The oh yeah, that guy segment. They'll rejoin the team or have already rejoined the team, and it's presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's start with the RMs on the defensive side. Okay, they've been called to serve on defense. Uh -huh. uh, Ty Burke, a defensive back. Raider DeMooney, Jack Sun. Standout wide receiver is going to be an excellent DB here. John Henry Daly, David Nixon's nephew, also related to Taysom Mill, Craig Bills. He's going to be a baller, 6'5", edge guy. Ace Kafusi out of Kahuku. Oh, we'll take every Kafusi that exists. And Peter Tuipolotu, Peter's son, uh, a DB. So good to have those guys back. All right, on the offensive side, on the line, it's Jake Griffin, a guy coaches are very excited about and making them think uh, the pipeline to the NFL will continue. We'll take 6'8 offensive linemen. That's how we roll here. 6'8, <laughs> 280, straight Frank out of Mason, Kime, Arizona. Freeland, yeah. You got Devin Downing, the wide receiver. 
Baller. Yeah, oh, Baller. Dude, absolutely. Chase Roberts, teammate at American Fork. Yes. I've talked to Chase about this guy. Very excited to have him on the team. Also at the wide receiver position, Koa Eldridge, mm -hmm. 6 feet, 180 pounds. Nukuluve Helu is at the running back position, and Marcus McKenzie, a defensive back slash wide receiver. We'll see uh, if Gennaro or Fessy wins that argument there. Yeah, it's a speed for McKenzie. His brother Dominique uh, still on a mission. We'll see him in a year. Yeah, and uh, McKenzie out of St. George, Utah. So Obviously Brian's son who played running back here. We love Brian. We love legacy. We a lot love, of, le lot we of love legacy, legacy in this program, right? Yeah, keep it going. Oh, this is fun because we remember announcing these guys two to three years ago and being like, oh yeah, we'll uh, see him play. Yeah in 2023 or 2024. Now yeah. it's here. Now they're here. Let's go. Okay, Men's Hoops, so LMU tomorrow night. We got pregame coverage on BYUSN Game Day. Big game, third place, Lions in the house. Uh, Spence, Dave, Blaine, Tyler, myself. We got you 8 Eastern tomorrow night. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the head football coach of the BYU Cougars joins us live. Why is he most excited about this signing class? And what does he think of the first ever Big 12 schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B on a huge day. Just spoke with the athletic director, Tom Homo, about the Big 12 schedule. Now it is our pleasure to welcome in the head football coach, Kalani Satake, into the Cougar Council Room, part of Studio B. Kalani's dressed like it's zero degrees out there, which it basically is. <laughs> like, it's, it's cold, man. Whenever you have the double hoods, you know, you just got to be careful. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it'll, it'll pass. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. This too we, shall pass. We need it to pass so we can get ready for spring. Exactly. But that's why you have an IPF, too. That's right. We all I, felt warm inside when the Big 12 schedule yes, was yes, we did. revealed yesterday. Yes, we did, Anchor Boy. It was, yes, we it did. was very exciting, and it's still exciting. Uh, almost 24 hours after it's been released, Kalani, what do you think of the inaugural Big 12 schedule for BYU? Well, it just seemed like uh, when we first got invited to join the conference, it seemed so long ago. And so you just knew that it was coming, but uh, just didn't, didn't really plan on it because we, we had so much to accomplish before then. And so now that we're here, sitting here in February, and it seemed about the right timing for us to see it. And I, I can, you can feel the energy and the excitement from everyone, not just the fans, but even from the players. And the workouts yesterday was really nice. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be a... You know, it's given the guys a really big boost of energy because they now they see the the schedule kind of sort itself out and it's not as uh, as all over the place like it used to be and I, I give a lot of credit to Tom and the administration for making the independent schedules work but now uh, there's going to be some f familiar faces and and these are still new places to a lot of us but I know um, I, I want to show off our fans man at home and I can't wait for, for when you see the press release and the way they released it with the conference, a lot of the stuff they had was, was of, our, of our, our stadium. And so yeah, I'm excited for our fans back you know, here at home to, to represent and, and, and bring the noise. And then obviously I'm excited to see our fans out on the road and represent like they always do. Yeah, on that note, it was interesting to see Oklahoma fans and Cincinnati fans saying like, I know where I'm going. I'm going to I'm Provo. Going to Provo, yeah. I'm going to Provo. No, That's going to be my one trip. A lot of social media buzz about that. You, you mentioned all over the place. Do you like the balance of this? Like you're never on the road more than two games in a row. You're never home more than two. Got a bye week after week five. Yeah, I, I really didn't care how it was going to shape up. I mean, I, I figure that there was going to be some teams that we're not going to play, and then there's going to be, you know, the, with the nine conference games, you're going to have either five at home and four on the road or, or, or vice versa. And 
yeah, it, it works out perfectly for us. We, we just want to play the games and, and start uh, getting organized and, and, and knowing who's on our schedule for the entire the entire season. And um, yeah, I, I just I, I like the the, the, the matchups and just got to get our team ready. And I, I think we're on a, on a good start. Okay, you said you didn't really care. You so you didn't want Texas and Oklahoma in year one because you got them both, which is exciting. Did you want both of them? Yeah, now that they're on there, of course, yes. Just in case, right? They bounce well, you, after a year. You knew what the what the um, you know you looked at the options and you say, okay, which ones are we not going to play? And, and that's not our decision. But uh, now that the schedule's there, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really excited about the way it shapes up and to have a bye in the middle of the season uh, after the. You last like that two, spot? Yeah, after the last two years of having it, you know, after week ten, it's just something different, something new. I think we'll we'll take advantage of it. Let's say we're able to. You know, work put some science behind it and see how to prep the guys for the first phase and the break and then to finish it off. You know, so uh, I think um, for for the organization of it all and, and planning, I think it, it's it sets us up really nicely. Now, while the schedule has certainly become the headline because it's new and it's fresh and everyone's excited about it, that does in a way take away from today's signees. But we're going to do our best to give these guys the credit that they deserve because these are players that are going to help you in these future Big 12 schedules and make some big plays. So let's start with the signees we just announced in the late signing day on February 1st, running back L.J. Martin out of El Paso, Texas. What do you like most about L.J. and what he brings to the running backs room? Oh, he's a beast. And, and the guy breaks big-time runs, breaks tackles, makes cuts. And so he's physical but very active, and, and, and he has – fluid hips and great vision and you can see in the highlights that he he has he, he breaks tackles and he cuts and he's got some speed so he, he's a, a big play waiting to happen and uh, we have a rookie out there playing for Atlanta you know that that, that had a similar style and I think he's he's a big back out of high school that I think he'll he'll develop into being bigger but I, I look forward to seeing him in his freshman year and, and being here this fall I'm excited for it. I joke that uh, you won twice versus Stanford uh, in November. Getting him is, is a big-time get. And then David Latu on the defensive line. You guys have really invested in the defensive line in this recruiting class. And this feels like uh, you found a scholarship for David, which is exciting. Yeah, and, and, and you know, to David's credit, he started picking up a lot of attention, a lot of P5 attention and offers. And, and um, we, were, we were fortunate to have him uh, over the weekend for a visit. And, uh, once, once the recruits come here, whether they're PWOs or walk or, or, or scholarship guys, uh, they can see the the vision for themselves being here and the, them being a part of the program. And, and once they're around the fans, I mean, it, it's it's uh, you know they, they talk about the basketball game and how exciting it was being in the game, even though it didn't work out the way we wanted. But the, the energy and the excitement from the Rock and the other fans that were there, and how awesome everybody was, knowing who were who was visiting, and so. Uh, that, that's a very educated fan base and people that know that we, we need good players and uh, David fits the bill and, and he's he's a great player. I mean, he's disruptive and we need guys like that at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Sione Puha and Jay Hill and uh, Justin Anderson have all talked about David specifically and kind of said, like, we expect this dude to come in and make an impact immediately. What's a fair expectation for him? Well, whenever you go to JC's, I mean, and... and, and um, you know, we, we're, we look forward to them and, and guys from the transfer portal to be in the mix right away. And so um, that, that's, that's the, uh, you know, they bring a little bit more experience and maturity. And so uh, having him in there is going to be going to be a big plus for us. And the competition will, will be will be raised and, and 
you know, we play the best, and so you got to win your spot. But feel good about him entering the team and being part of our culture and our family. We're really excited about him being being on on the D line. And his father passed away recently, or something. That's right. And 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 um, a little over a month ago. Mm. And and uh, you know, this is where his dad wanted him to be, and so it, it, it was a really emotional visit, but. Really cool for me as a head coach to see how, how close he was to his family, and yeah. he had a number of family members here on, on the trip, and and his mother and, and, and sisters, and so I, I think uh, it all it all worked out, you know, the timing and everything, and, and uh, here we are. But in addition to that, we have a bunch. I, I'm really happy with a with a preferred walk-on group, and and you know, NCAA rules doesn't allow us to speak about them specifically, but I feel really good about this group. We've had some really good PWO groups in the past. Uh, there's guys you know that, that that have been drafted from being a PWO. And Tyler Algier and Dax Mill, exactly, notably. Exactly. Yeah. And so we and, and we have Big a. Time. I feel just as good about this group of, of PWOs as I as I have about that group. And so really looking forward to adding those guys, the pieces to the to the team. And then also you guys do a great job of covering the guys coming from the transfer portal. And so uh, it seems like. We've been covering quite a bit since December to now. You guys have had. Hey, a we have a daily show. We really appreciate it. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, be, be, with all that, and you know, with all that being said, I mean, the, the guys, it's it's good to talk about LJ, and it's 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 good to talk about, you know, Latu, and and so we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see what else we can add to to the mix in the next little bit with the transfer portal happening again in May, and and uh, what else when people start figuring out who else and and what, what other things we were able to do um, after spring ball. Kalani Satake is with us on BYU Sports Nation, the head football coach at BYU. Let's talk about the return missionaries. We just went through the 10 mm -hmm. uh, names on the list, five on offense, five on defense. Um, I, I want to start with Raider Damuni because BYU fans and certainly his father, Jack, who is a big part of the program, are excited about what Raider is, is going to bring back. In his situation, because he has so recently returned, what's the – What's the preferred timeline for a player like Raider? Yeah, I think the key is to, you know, be smart in, in the return. And, and, and I, those are certain missions. You, you, you think you can do it um, just jumping off a bike and, uh, or walking around in your Doc Martens. You think you can come in here and put on, <laughs> put on your Nike cleats and run just fast as you used to. But uh, it's, it helps having a lot of guys that have served missions on our staff, on our coaching staff, support staff, and even in our strength room. And so... Uh, we will work closely and, and specify our workouts uh, for the return missionaries, and, and that's why you have the sports scientists involved that they can they can they can specialize their workouts so that it's not you know a return missionary at, at the line of scrimmage at O line and D line different than Raider Dumuni playing safety, and so uh, depending on and also where they serve their mission, you just don't know if they're stateside or if they're we're able to have access to working out in the mornings or not, and. Uh, the the missions vary, so you have to take that all into account and and devise a plan to get them ready. And, and getting them ready means by the time we hit fall camp, not spring ball. And so spring ball, you probably they'll probably be a little frustrated, but we have to you know hold them back a little bit from going full go. But uh, the goal is to get them ready to, to 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 let it fly when we get to the season. Are kids still wearing Doc Martens right now? I think that's a reference. It's come to back. You, it's it's it? cycled back. Am I like that sure. old school that no, I don't no, know? It anymore? has cycled back. Has it? Okay, yes. I was just wondering. Okay. I want to learn because Doc Martens is what we wore on yes. our mission for sure. What's the new shoes then? I guess I should. Start I don't know, dude. No, no, no. Well, like you're, you're right. It applies doesn't, doesn't, now. It just, applies. Just, it went away a, and it's back. Get some Nike shoes that look <laughs> professional as missionaries and wear them. They'll, they'll last you. Can the, the church get a Nike deal? Is that what we're trying to get here? 
Um, regarding Having Doc Martens overnight. <laughs> Nike's the way to go, guys. <laughs> Nike dress shoes. My Doc Martens wore out in the bottom. I was stepping on just water in Brazil. But anyway, um, regarding missionaries, the, like people forget, Chase Roberts came back mm-hmm. and redshirted. Like it takes time for a return missionary in football, especially, to have an impact. What's your ideal timeline there? Obviously, all these guys want to come in and make an impact right away. The reality is, physically, mm-hmm. that's not real, right? And you mentioned Colby uh, Clausen and Dr. Skyler Main and the sports science. They're doing a great job. Colby Clausen should run out the flag versus Oklahoma, by the way, on uh, uh, senior day. But what's, what's the timeline like realistically for a player? I come home on this day. Am I a year and a half out? Am I a year plus? Am I two years from playing and contributing, ideally? I think, Physically? I think, I think the, the goal changes uh, according to who, who the person is. And location of mission, yeah, you it, mentioned. Exactly. And, okay. So, and, it, and their, their, their readiness to compete. Is there a minimum there then? Like, okay, I went in ideal, I went to Salt Lake City South. Yeah. I'm a year out. I think you have to take all that into account. But also, um, what we can't do and, and what we've done in the past is because we, there's a need on, on the depth chart, and let's say there's like some injuries or whatever, there's not quality depth. You, you kind of force them on on the scene earlier than they're supposed to, and and then that 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 gets them hurt. And so um, we need to make sure that we do things the right way, and yeah. that we think of the longevity of their careers, uh, because a lot of these guys have next level type of talent, and and it's our job to to keep them healthy and get them there. It's, well, hard, it's hard to sort of hold them back against themselves. Sure, right? yeah, sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And I think about Chris Collinsworth in basketball. Like he was going to be one of the best. Gets hurt soon off the mesh. That his knees compensated for his ankle, for his back, for and then it's like, oh shoot, you're injured the whole time. Yeah, if return if mission is unique. If you're not careful, th- then then it, it it just keeps yeah. going through it, and and I you know, I've been through that. I I, I know yeah. when when I got home from my mission and then trying to get play fullback, which is a physical position, it, you you hurt an ankle or a knee or or your back, and then it just piles on from there. And if we do it right and take our time, it should be fine. Kalani Sitake is on BYU Sports Nation. Let's kind of wrap up the signing class as a whole now with the mm-hmm. additions of David Latu and L.J. Martin. We've heard that the composite score, and take that for what it's worth from these recruiting services, is going to be the highest it's ever been at BYU. So that's it's basically that's the average score of the player. Per player. Per player. So this is good, but how, how much do you pay attention to those type of things when you're assessing a class overall? Well, I think for me is is looking at what the needs are and then projecting the re, the re, return missionary program. So there's there's some that are going to go on missions first, and then uh, others that are going to start right away. It's, it's that balance, and then the guys that are coming in. So when you take all that in account, and now you have the transfer portal, which which could hurt you. But I think we did a good job of replacing um, players that have left with with good quality depth and experience, and so. I think we're in a better spot than we've been in the past, and uh, I give a lot of credit to our our support staff, our, our recruiting department. Um, you know, Justin Addison, and then Patrick Hickman, Brandon Bradley. Um, you know, that that entire staff, the support staff. I know I'm, all our directors have done a great job at in the recruiting process throughout the. And that's just a it's an annual. It's like the entire year, every day you're recruiting, and then our, our obviously our our coaches and our analysts and our, our GAs did an amazing job. Communicating, getting the right guys here, and then, and the, and the fit that they are to our program and to the school. You know, they're they're in line with, with the mission of our school and our and our team, which is, right in line with the church. And so that's where we're headed. And I think it's uh, now we know the, the schedule. It's all, 
it's all coming. It's all coming, coming. It's being true, guys. This is, this is like <laughs> two years last yes. year. You couldn't think about it, but now it's here. And let's go, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to roll. Absolutely. The spring ball will be exciting as well. It will be. It'll be fun. A lot yep. of new faces, a lot of new fun stuff. Coach, yep. we're looking forward to it. Thanks for the time, as always. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Glenn. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Doc Martens. UA Men's Hoops hosted on here tomorrow night. Nike. <laughs> Nike, I mean. We've got pregame coverage on BYUSN Game Day where we're going to wear Nike at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. <laughs> Up next, what you love most about the Big 12 schedule for BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free apps and subscribe rate and review to the podcast. It's that simple. Welcome back to the show. Our question of the day, what do you love about the first BYU Big 12 football schedule? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes in from Set Bobo on Instagram saying, I love that BYU gets to play both Texas and Oklahoma before they leave the conference and Oklahoma is at Lavelle's house on senior night, no less, or senior day. It'll be a tough schedule, but so much fun. It's going to be a night game, baby. Big 12 after dark. Yeah. This isn't BYU TV uh, playing Southern Utah. Okay. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. So the Big 12 finally got the schedule. Looks amazing. I love, uh, you know, almost everything about it. Like, it's, it's great. Slash, we would have loved it no matter what. We would have loved it no matter what. Schedule's in place. TV deal's in place at love $32 million dollars per yeah. school. Tom, you shredding my schedules up for years. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Tom Holmo, for putting up with that. And the head coach, Kalani Satake. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time. Or Jeremiah Spencer. Another shout-out to Charlie Peterson. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand-new edition of BYU Sports Nation, noon Eastern. Go Kooks. You wearing Doc Martens right now? Schedule too hard still? <laughs>